What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a Sports Ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. Hey, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. So, guys, great to have you here on the show today. We've got a very special show today planned. I've got special guest Dubby here again from Dub Nation HQ, and we're going to be talking a little bit about where the Warriors are at at this point in the season, where we think they will end up falling to in the standings come playoff time, previewing some postseason matchups and our takes on the Warriors' path to the NBA Finals, as well as talking about some trending players, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Kavon Looney, and more. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. We're back here. Dubby, uh, great to have you back on the show. Uh, thanks for having me back. I'm honored. Of course. It's, uh, it's been an interesting time to be a Warriors fan. I feel like our, uh, our shows always kind of intersect in these interesting moments along the season. High points, low points, in-between points. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. But a uh, good time to uh, rattle off a couple wins here just when uh, things are kind of taking a turn for the worst and reinforcements are on their way. James Wiseman getting some action in Santa Cruz last night. Yeah, he played in uh, Stockton, right? Right. Yeah, with, with the Santa Cruz team. Did you watch that? I, I, it kind of I didn't fun. watch. Two I, was, games I watched some highlights. Time. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's like I would like to, but um, I was just watching some highlights and tuning into like the Reddit page and just getting some clips. I think um, mm-hmm. Anthony Slater was actually at the game, so he was posting a bunch of clips of Wiseman and some highlights. It seemed like he did a pretty good job kind of – Kind of more or less, I think the Wiseman that we saw that kind of debuted as a rookie, um, like a ton of upside, but pretty raw. Just, I think he had a little bit more finesse. I think he said he put on like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he um, looks bigger. He looks huge. It was funny. They, after the game in Denver, this little meme of like Looney and Wiggins and, um, I forget who the third person was. Maybe it was Moody with like the buff, the the beefy arms. Um, and uh-huh. then they just had James Wiseman in there too, just normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, so buff, you didn't even need <laughs> the beefy arm edit. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, so it was super exciting to get James Wiseman back soon. Draymond Green targeting return on Monday. I don't think the team's come out and said officially who's going to play on Monday, but at least that's the goal. Uh, And we need these guys, man, because um, as much as I've been enjoying watching the rise of Moody and Kaminga continuing to play well and Jordan Poole kind of getting back into 
his rhythm um, coming off the bench and Steve Kerr kind of tinkering with the rotations and finding that kind of sweet spot trio of Clay, Steph, and Poole combo that's been pretty successful. Um, but it's been hard watching some of these games, these games that we've lost, games that we've had had leads in, like um, against the Lakers or against the against Dallas. So it was really good to see them come out and beat um, and beat Denver last night. I mean, poor Denver playing like four games in five nights. Jokic had like no, nothing left in his legs, but we'll take the win. You know, a win's a win. Yeah, exactly, man. Looney's been great for us. I thought his his ability shut down uh, Jokic at the end there was pretty phenomenal. And yeah, you're right. Four games and five nights. You know, they're playing at altitude, but everyone's been doing. It. You know, the, this this week has been tough for the Warriors too. Had to go to Denver earlier in the week, fly home. Uh, play the Clippers, right? And then fly back to Denver. Yeah. Or, I don't know who they were. But, uh, no, so they, they played, they played uh, at LA, then they went to Denver. Yeah, then they went home to the Clippers, and then they went back to Denver. Yeah, and then they got the Bucks tomorrow. So, you know, everybody's tired. <laughs> Especially yeah. Luke has been an Iron Man. Yeah, Looney's been just absolutely incredible. Um, you just see how valuable it is to have someone with like high IQ who's just been so consistent all season. His offense has kind of tailed off a little bit compared to earlier in the season, but I'm totally fine with that. I I don't think he never was like a featured part of the offense. Um, he has good put packs and he has timely, timely offensive rebounds, but it's just his work at the defensive end being so undersized against Nikola Jokic and just fighting and doing everything he can. And just, and now even doing little veteran savvy stuff, like trying to get away with little, with little bumps where he can, you saw Jokic at the end of the game. He had like a huge scratch Mm -hmm. uh, at the bottom of his neck. (laughs) Right. It's like, but that's what it takes. You, You know, when you look at guys like Patrick Beverly or other types of those those kind of feisty guys. I mean, I think Kevon Looney is falling into that category at his position. He is a, a very feisty defender at his at his uh, undersized five role. Exactly. You know, and that's it's funny to have the comparison of Looney and Weissman coming back in because you know Looney Looney is everything that Weissman isn't. You know he. He came out of college hurt. He wasn't highly chased. You know, he... Yeah, we got him up with the 30th pick. I think we bought that pick from somebody else, too. Right. Yeah, because he had... the Chicago And and they had to park him for hip surgeries. Right. But his ability to, to play well, you know, just because of being in the right place or hustling or, you know, even a lack of mistakes is going to be something that's really going to be at the center of, of how useful James Weissman is. You know, you say 10 to 15 minutes, but there's going to be maybe, you know, 10 or 15 games left in the season. Playoffs are looming, and they're just going to hope that Weissman isn't, you know, too too slow to pick back up. Like at the beginning, of, you know, he's only been back for one game against D-League talent, but – 
I think there's enough there to at least work with, but in the playoffs, you know, I don't, I don't know how useful Weissman's going to be in, in crunch time. And the cool thing about Looney is that it makes it so you don't need to rely on that. Even though the timing is all jacked up, there's still this ability to just plug Looney in and you're good. And then if Weissman can come in or Kuminga can come in, that's all good. But the Warriors took a gamble on just running Looney at center, man. And it, it's really, it's played off to a shocking level in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And when you get Draymond back and you talk about that, those postseason or those playoff games, late in playoff games. Yeah. I don't think you really have an opportunity to plug in Wiseman because even if you're playing, even if let's say the Warriors finish, third and Denver finish six, right? That's going to be a first round matchup. We'll be playing Denver and late in the game. If you've got Wiseman out there and you think, yeah, you just throw Wiseman out there on Jokic. Well, then they're going to put Wiseman in the pick and roll. And if he hasn't figured out spacing and timing, they're just going to eat him up in the pick and roll. So it's not even just, you have a big body to cover another big body. You just have to, there's so many principles that you need to understand and just right. uh the level of understanding i mean to be a to be a starting center to play center down the stretch requires a lot it's not just you need to be a big body and you can just bang with them it's like yeah that that works against against low iq guys and, and maybe in a regular season game but come playoff time but the nice thing about looney as you said we're, we're just getting added depth so you can trot out wiseman maybe in the second or third quarter for five or 10 minutes if Looney gets into foul trouble and you know that Draymond Green is going to be closing the game, but Looney offers Draymond a little bit of a reprieve in checking uh, Nikola Jokic and, and getting Draymond a little bit of a blow. And so it just, I think having Wiseman back, assuming that he does find his way in the rotation in some form or fashion and getting Draymond back, it just gives us so much more depth. And so you're not pressing you're not asking Looney to go out there for 28 minutes. Um, well, he probably will be. <laughs> yeah, in the play, no, in the playoffs he will, but at in least maybe in the regular season through, you know, through these next 16 games or so, uh, maybe start tailing back his minutes a little bit as you get Wiseman and Draymond back in the fold. So, yeah, he can finish out the season and play every game, but maybe he can be a little bit fresher because, yeah, he's just been working so hard every game. Yeah, I know. I, I almost wish he didn't have that goal of playing every game this season because it, I, if he feels like the ideal candidate for some nights off, you know, especially when you have Wiseman back and, you know, the Warriors are fighting between the second and the third seed, but I don't think it's that functionally different. In the West, you're just going to have to go through some really tough teams, man. So the Warriors' priorities are not really going to be the regular seasons. You know, they're they're chasing some wins, but they're not chasing wins as the top priority. Yeah, and, like when we had the five-game losing streak coming into our coming up to the Clippers game, it's like you need to win games. You got to stop the bleeding. But it wasn't because we're trying to chase the one seed or we're trying to you know win the win the seeding with with uh, Memphis you know, whether we're two, whether we're three, I don't think it really matters. Like, yeah, you prefer not to be four or five, but I agree with you. The Warriors, it's more like we need to be healthy and we need to be playing right. And we need to have our rotations figured out and have an identity coming into the playoffs. Whether that means winning or losing a few games along the way doesn't really matter. 
Well, and you know, the, the slide, this, they snuck in some development time. This is, this is the whole, you know, bridge of the future thing. That's so difficult is they've got to manage these young developing players like Kaminga and Moody both deserve more time. And, and the Warriors whole year has been set up around, you know, people like Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee and, and uh, Bielitsa getting beat out of the depth chart by these, the next wave. Yeah. Moses Moody, man. Jeez. In this, in this stretch of games, he's just been, he's been so good. Um, the game at Denver, that was the makeup game where they rested all the starters pretty much except for Looney. And he had 30 points and he had like, like 22 points in the first quarter. He had his career high in the first quarter. Um, but I think the thing that impresses me the most with Moody continues to be his ability to go get the ball, whether it's a loose ball or a rebound, he fights for possession. And that's really important for the Warriors um, and just seems to come up with timely, timely plays that are just kind of like the hustle plays. And he's got yeah. pretty good size um, for playing like a two guard, kind of like Clay Thompson-esque size. So it's like a, younger version of clay that's i think much further along at 19 than clay was when he came i think i actually think clay was did three or four years at washington so a little bit older too but moody just yeah uh, moody and kaminga just so much further along right now than i think anybody expected and i mean where would the warriors be without kaminga and his double digit scoring throughout the last like 10 or 15 games just consistent consistent presence hitting hitting threes at a pretty reasonable clip when he's left open um, and then just relentlessly attacking the rim. The free throws have been so smooth since those uh, struggles early on. Def his defense kind of comes and goes. He's still kind of figuring out a little bit defensively. Uh -huh. he, put, he puts in effort. He tries. He doesn't commit stupid fouls. It's not like a, he's not like a Kelly Oubre or Kent Bazemore type player where he's like fouling 90 feet away from the basket. Um, but he does get beat. He, you see him try and go for like yeah. a steal and he gets beat to the rim. Um, but just that what he does on offense, I think it's been so important for us to just have that spark off the bench and that inside. And he presence. draws fouls really well. Yeah. yeah he, he does a lot of things that the team needs. Yeah. So what, what is the playoff rotation even going to be? Because this is, you know, you talk about like the last three, the, the last handful of games we've been missing Gary Payton and Moses Moody's been looking so good. And then Kaminga has been playing so well and we're getting Draymond back. And Right. I so mean, I, right before this call, so I'm writing a preview, you know, for Dub Nation HQ um, as we do every game. And one of the things that I'm talking about mainly is who, who do you want to put in with the, the, Curry, Poole, and, and Thompson three-man crew because Kerr's got a lot of lot of real good options, but I, I also think they're going to have to start playing around with who, you know, let's kind of figure out our death lineup here. Like, is can they figure out a way to put someone like Kaminga in there with those three guys? Yeah. Um... Draymond Green certainly opens that window up a lot. You know, if Andre Iguodala's back, you have to consider the just slotting that, those guys in Iguodala Green with Curry and Poole and Thompson. 
but it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because I do think that Kerr especially likes to know what he's going to get out of lineups and out of players. And that's one of the things that's really going to be fighting against Wiseman for sure, but it's still kind of up in the air for, for Kaminga and Moody. They, they seem like they need more time and it. It's starting to feel more and more like when Kerr goes to someone like Damian Lee or Juanito that it's difficult to rationalize putting those guys in instead of Kaminga or Moody. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think in a big part of your question, which is who do you slot in with that kind of, I think, undisputed trio of the death lineup, Curry, Thompson, Poole, is how do you feel about Andrew Wiggins and his play as of late? And do you think, you know, is he still all-star wigs and, and how comfortable do you feel having him in there at the end of games? Yeah, you know, his his free throws are <laughs> it's yeah, it's concerning at this point. Um I'm looking for it right now. He's he's shooting 22% in March. He shot 41% in February, 60% in January. Um I don't know what's up with it, but it it does seem like one of those things, you know basketballs like golf and baseball there's so much confidence involved with these sort of little fine muscle movement things that people start to get in their own head or you know this point in the season maybe he's got some undisclosed hand thing or something i don't know i I, i'm not such a big fan of, of wiggins psychoanalysis you know if he's soft or if he's not good enough like when everything was clicking wiggins was playing like an elite wing and i i think that that's still a viable reality for him, but you know, you use the term undisputed three in the when we're talking about their closing lineups, but you know that there's there's gonna be some pressure to maybe sit Clay Thompson down for for other players if if the um if somebody's hot, you know, there's there's guys like uh again like Kaminga or maybe even Wiggins who it might just be their night more. So I don't know where Wiggins fits in this broader scenario. And that's part of the question, like long-term for the team, right? Yeah. If those are your three guys right there, Steph and Clay and Poole, you know, what's the, what's the value of, of max contract Wiggins out there? I mean, not really what's the value. <laughs> like, obviously if you bring him back, it's because he plays like it's worth it. But when we're talking about the playoffs and you're talking about tight end rotations, you know, Wiggins can't shoot that bad uh, as a free throw shooter and be on the floor at the end of tight games. Who who was it that got shacked earlier? Like Shaq? Was it Looney? Yeah. Yep. Somebody. It was Looney. It was Looney. And you know, it's <laughs> and he went like two for eight. I think that was. Yeah, I think that it's, was also against. Denver was that against Denver? I think it was. I think that was the Denver game where we where we didn't bring the starters because it was pretty. It was fairly close until the end. Right. So you know, if you ask about how much that matters, is you know, I think Wiggins was not on the floor in the closing minutes against 
Denver? Is that right? He wasn't. No. Yeah. So he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't in the. He was one of the starters who sat in the the makeup game, um, and then the the most recent match against Denver. Yeah, he wasn't a part of that closing lineup. So, I I mean, I think Wiggins has a role on this team for sure. He is still, in my opinion, the best defender. Clay Thompson, I think Clay Thompson's asked to guard the other team's best player a few times, but we haven't really seen Clay kind of really get into that mode yet. And, you know, maybe in, maybe come playoff time that will kind of change. But I still think Wiggins definitely has a role as a starter. But, you know, the offense has kind of tailed off a little bit. His three-point shooting's declined a little bit. The And then the aggressiveness to attack the rim because he's – his free throws is just atrocious at this point. I mean, I, you got to think it's affecting his confidence. And so, you know, I don't think he's going to fall out of the rotation, but yeah, I think you made some really good points. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the rest of these games coming into the postseason because Steve Kerr, he wants to know what's, what he's going to get out of guys. And if you're Andrew Wiggins and you're still shooting 30% from the foul line come playoff time, I don't think you can put him in there in the last five minutes because the other team's just going to hack a Wiggins. Um, that doesn't mean he still can't play 30 minutes and have a, have a role and an impact and score in double figures and, and play some solid defense and take pressure off of Clay Thompson and others. But I don't think you can put him in the closing lineup, especially when you have like an Andre Iguodala, a Kavon Looney, a Draymond Green, mm-hmm. and then Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, who are both playing pretty well and kind of looking like they deserve opportunity in their own right. Right. So for the record, I did look it up on the popcorn machine net, the game flows. Wiggins was in up until 18 seconds left in the game. Mm, okay. He, uh, <laughs> he didn't do a whole lot out there, but um, he was in there. The closing lineup was, was him and Looney with uh, the three scores. Okay. Really need a nickname for that triple group. Um, so I don't know. I I wonder how, how much of that is really going to matter because, it, you know, Kurt, I think, has a lot of coaching inertia in his rotations. And, you know, he he's sort of made a coaching name for himself by making big adjustments, by pulling a center like Andrew Bogut. And it, I was thinking – earlier in the season that it didn't seem like they were going to do anything like that in the playoffs because the center spot is Looney, who is probably going to be their small ball answer next to Draymond against centers anyway. So you're not really going to change the center. But I wonder if if switching some Wiggins minutes out in the playoffs might be something that happens or switching some clay minutes out might be something that happens because, you know, if, if Kerr's going to experiment I think there are some guys that make more sense right now in a vacuum and Kerr's going to have to figure out, you know, this is why he gets paid the money though. It's like Kerr's going to have to figure out how much you care about the new guys who are hot right now versus, you know, going with the guys who got you here sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a great point. Yeah. And when and how, so, and, and it's all ties together because, you know, I think, 10, 10, 15 games ago, in my mind, it was like, no, we're re-signing Andrew Wiggins. You can't, you can't, you can't let him go. But I mean, mm-hmm. if if that was kind of a, 
if the first two thirds of the season Andrew Wiggins isn't the Andrew Wiggins that we're going to get from now and through the rest of his contract in the future, I mean, I don't think he's worth the max if you can't, if he's going to shoot 30% from the foul line. I mean, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but just this regression has been really concerning. And then at the same time, you've got really promising young players who are playing well and seem like they deserve more. And same kind of goes for Clay Thompson, not in the sense of like, are you going to keep him around? Of course, you know, Clay Thompson's already signed to signed to a contract. Um, but in terms of, of playing time and opportunity, I think, yeah, we're reaching the point where if Clay's hunting shots so vehemently, like he's been in the last few games and putting up like going like seven for 20 and not really playing great defense and throwing away the ball a little bit, like, you're going to give Moses Moody a shot out there. You're going to, you're going to give other guys a look because, you know, at a certain point, like clay clay needs to stop pressing and, and play more in the flow. Now I do think when you get Draymond back and you get Steph off the ball and not having to play point guard as much, that will kind of naturally adjust and, and Draymond will be facilitating getting the ball into guys' hands and it will be less of clay Thompson hunting for his shot. But I do agree with you in that Clay and Wiggins are probably guys who Steve Kerr's going to be looking at and potentially at times not putting them in at the closing, you know, at times in the closing stretch and giving a chance to Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or or others. So yeah, really I, don't know. I mean, I, I can't see him doing that to Clay as much. Um, well, I don't mean like bench. I wouldn't say like he'd get benched the last seven minutes of the game, but you know, you maybe if Moody's playing really well, maybe you let Moody play a few more minutes and Clay sits on the bench for a few more minutes mm-hmm. and Clay's not having a rough night. Right. Or giving Wiggins those defensively focused substitution patterns where he comes out, puts somebody offensive in for him, and then he comes back in on the defensive end. Right. But, you know, the playoffs get coached tight like that. So, right. And if you have holes in your uh, game, they get exposed 100%. So if you can't make free throws or or you can't switch out or you don't, you're a wise man and you can't figure out your defensive rotations, that, that gets exposed immediately by good teams. But it's a good problem to have, right? The Warriors are going to exactly. have a lot of options, hypothetically, right? Andre Godala, Draymond Green, James Wiseman, on top of everything that we have going for us right now. And even though we just barely survived a two and eight stretch, you know, we're still, we're still third, you know, half a game or I guess one and a half games because Memphis beat New York tonight, um, one and a half games from the second seed. So I think we're in a pretty good place, assuming we're kind of out of that rut that we were in and kind of prolonged slump. Um, that was just really lacking energy and intensity and defensive focus. Yeah. And, you know, and now that we've seen the Jazz and the Mavericks, the Nuggets, you know, I, especially with Draymond Green coming back, like I'm a lot less worried about them slipping to like the five seed, for example, than I was. Yeah. I once once you saw that the second was going to be in doubt, it was like, well, you know, how far can they slide because they're playing like crap. But I think, I don't know, maybe it's just 
vibes from having Draymond Green back or feeling like the reinforcements with James Wiseman or Andre Iguodala are just getting close to the end of the season grind. But everything feels a little bit different right now. And I, I think the Warriors are going to be up there fighting for that. You know, they're a half a game back from that second seed. And, uh, you know, the Jazz are three full games behind them. Mavericks are four full games behind them. It's, I feel like they're pretty safe doing that 3 2 chase. And, you know, the five, six, seven teams that you're going to be facing are the Mavericks, Nuggets, and Timberwolves. So I don't know that there's any of those matchups that you're really so concerned about that the, the seeding matters as much as it does just figure out what you want to do and who's going to, who's going to do it for you. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, man. So the Bucks tomorrow are going to be just, just nasty. <laughs> I <don't- laughs> Nobody really has an answer for Giannis, but he he's going to tear through the Warriors' defense. I think. I think it's everyone else that matters. It's kind of. I think. The, I think the the Warriors' strategy has been without Draymond Green. We know that you know we're not going to stop Nikola Jokic the whole game. We're not going to stop town. You know, we're not going to stop right. premier bigs. Uh, right. Right. So. So let them score 30, but don't let Middleton get 32. Don't let, you know, don't let Grayson Allen hit five threes. So mm-hmm. it's all about, like, they were really focused in the game in Denver. Like, don't let Brent Forbes get going. So they're okay letting one guy go off if you limit the others. And so I think that's the last game against Milwaukee. It was just like everyone in a Bucks uniform, whatever shot they put up was going in. So you got to <laughs> just, like, commit so like, all right, fine, Giannis is going to go for 30 or 40. We don't have an answer for him, but nobody else gets anything going. And then hope that our offense um, continues. We finally got to see Steph Curry unleashed with the, with the new re- – with the return to the old rotation um, as far right. as his minutes being played, um, the 12-6, 12-6, or whatever you want to call it, one break per half instead of two. Yeah. He, I mean – Every, he seems to really want it. You know, all of his comments are, are joyful. <laughs> so I'm happy he's happy. Um, you know, he was, he had a, probably the worst lump of his career this year. Yep. Totally agree. So, he actually looked like himself um, in Denver. Dancing, right? and I, hitting shots, I, doing a little dance, feeling good hitting shooting some deep shots that were just in rhythm but it took him like late into the quarter to get there it wasn't like right out of the gate it was like he played five six seven eight minutes and then it only takes that stretch of of 90 seconds and he puts up 10 points right and somebody in the broadcast was talking about it too like you know this this whole warriors model is centered on Steph going crazy and doing Steph curry things they can they can bolt on a lot of different things around the edges of it, but it's really like Curry and then green clay, hopefully too. But like there, there's a certain amount of just like overwhelming power that Curry needs to bring if the Warriors are really going to work well. And I think yep. that it'll be interesting to see now with the turnover and the coaching staff too, if the Warriors are going to play the postseason a little bit differently, you know, they've, they've sort of 
taken a historical stance and Steph Curry has always played this way that if, if a team overcommits to stopping you, you just make the smart pass and move the ball and look for an open shot. But I, I think maybe there might be a little bit of a different decision-making process this year in the postseason where it might just be like, let Steph go crazy because they, they've done that before to a certain extent. But I think this is now Curry's team more than it ever has been before as far as being reliant on him to do stuff, to work. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think it showed how how important Draymond is to this team and, or even maybe how ineffective JTA has been this season because when teams have blitzed Steph Curry as of late, um, there's, been no, there's been no outlet. There's been no guy to the middle and then it's four on three and we get an easy layup. Like we you know, but, it's been- well, Moody, <laughs> Moody's actually been the one that's been sort of emerging in that role recently, which is great. Right. But you're right, you know, Toscano Anderson and uh, Damian Lee have both f- fallen down the depth chart, partially because they just like don't help a whole lot. There's not, there's not like they're they're messing up a bunch, but there's it's just not helping, especially for carrying not shooter like Kayvon Mooney, and even now like Andrew Wiggins. You know, there's a lot of not shooting on the on the lineup. So if you're not if you're not helping, you gotta get out of the way. Yep. But yeah, I thought, you know, last season because last season Draymond missed some games too, but Toscano Anderson just stepped up seamlessly. He was so and was in the year. starting lineup and he just did he did everything that Draymond did. It was just like Oh yeah, we got oh. Toscano. We're we're all set. Like he was hitting threes, he was distributing mm-hmm. the ball, he was rebounding, he was defending. Like not at the same level as Draymond, but it there you there wasn't a noticeable drop off, and we were still effective as a team. And he's had moments. I'm not gonna like totally throw him under the bus, but by and large for the season as a whole, yeah, he's been more or less ineffective, and and it's really been what's that's really been the story that's then enabled Kaminga to get all of this opportunity that we otherwise expected him to only play like five minutes a game because Toscano just yeah. hasn't really showed up consistently. Well they moved that's the thing though is they they moved JTA down a position. So oh that's he, true he's playing the three and as the four. center power forward and now he's more of the the wing. Yeah the big sort of player um and part of it is Bielicha coming in because he is supposed to be uh you know a facilitating center and he's just been sort of disaster <laughs> but the idea Poor that guy. has been the idea and then they sort of found something with Kaminga playing more as a big ish and so they've ended up plugging JTA in as, as a wing more often than a, a big. And I think that it's just, I don't know. He also played crazy last year. Like he had an amazing season, especially towards the end. He really <laughs> was super helpful, but it, I think that they've changed his role a little bit this year and maybe some of the shooting has gone off, but uh, yeah, it's, it makes me real sad. Yeah. And then Bielitsa, like you see that he has the potential to be in fact impactful and we're like begging him to hit a wide open three um, or to hit the open man. And yeah, it just, he just has not been very good at all. 
No. Really no. good showing at the start of the season. Made That's Bob Myers look like a great, look like a genius. And then just since then, it just hasn't, hasn't showed up since. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's sort of the point of that position that was made to me as someone who was like, it wasn't super upset, but I was like, you know, I call it a B grade off season because I thought that they needed somebody a little more, I don't know, viable as the, as a rotation player. And they probably did and they probably wanted something like that. But the point is that 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 position doesn't matter so much. You know, that's just a flyer. Like him being crummy is more than made up for the fact that they hit so hard on Porter and um, and Peyton. Like yep. <laughs> those are also right. examples that have been amazing. Right. And at the end of the day, these are kind of like the end of the bench rotation plays. Exactly. So. It doesn't matter because, yeah, Draymond's going to come back and like right. <laughs> these guys aren't going to see the court in meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Right. And it's not like they are going to go out and, and wave Bielitsa and get like a Bismack Biombo, for example, who's been playing really well in Phoenix when, when Aiton went down. But the Warriors mm-hmm. and Kerr have their own system. So, you know, I just kind of struggle with people who are like, we need just go get a big body, go sign DeAndre Jordan. It's like, that's not how they built this roster. It's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not what Steve was- Kerr wants on yeah, this Brooke team. They're Lopez. not going to roll that guy out. Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> so, you don't yeah, want him. that's not an the the of play it didn't really pan out. Oh well, you paid him the vet minimum. It's kind of a wash. Maybe he shows up for the playoffs and and there's some silver lining mm-hmm. that he like has some big games. In theory, you know, in in five or six minutes, he could come in, hit some threes, and and make some and do some playmaking and be effective. So, you know, at the the jury's not out yet, but man, in, in the last twenty games or or so, or even maybe thirty games, is just not been very effective in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah um, that... consistently hitting wide open threes taking 30 foot threes getting beat on defense which we already knew and kind of it's a coin flip whether his passing is going to be on point throwing some nice times or just bad live ball turnovers that the other team just runs back into layoffs right that, and you know that's that's not great i i my jury my jury uh Put in their verdict a while ago and it's gone home. <laughs> I'm, <dealing laughs> I'm just trying Back to be a little optimistic. Play. Maybe he can he can do something, but yeah, it just has not been <laughs> not been very helpful. No, but that's fine. Whatever. We got Kaminga. See, so yeah, and that's you know, I I don't know. Do you think that Weissman is gonna be able to play 10 or 15 minutes every game in the playoff setting? What's your guess? Um, I'd like to see him in the regular season, obviously first, but I think that there's, I think that there's a role. Well, I mean, we just spent the last five minutes talking about how bad Bielitsa is. I think that if Jordan Poole and Jonathan, or if Jordan Poole and James Wiseman can have some type of cohesion and um, vibe on the floor, I think a pick a pick and roll between those two and just kind of a JaVel McGee role, there's opportunity to just get some easy buckets at the rim, depending on the opponent in the second unit and how the game's going, that he could do that. And if he bulked up and 
look like his hands are a little bit better as far as being able to catch the ball, um, better footwork and, and finishing. I mean, granted, small sample size, like one game in Stockton in the G League. But I think that if he's showing the, the growth that we've kind of expected and, and all that time off and, and ability to kind of work on himself, Sure, I think he could he could play ten minutes, maybe not fifteen, um, but I I think his defense is going to be a big part of it if he's just constantly out of position on pick and rolls. I mean, that rookie season he just he couldn't figure out how to either contest the the guard, the small that he's going out of, or drop back for the. Um, for the pass to the roller. He just couldn't figure out either way. Yeah, like, but he, he was wasn't contesting the guy. Block. He wasn't able to contest the ball handler and he wasn't able to drop back and contest the roller. So if he if he's just getting beat every time on defense, I don't think he's going to have an opportunity to really play much other than just pick up some fouls if Looney and Draymond and Bielitsa are all in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a chance we could definitely use him. Um, just a different look for the Warriors at times, which sometimes is useful. Um, the playoffs can be a lot of like a chess game. So maybe there's a time where he's got it going and he's got a good matchup and him playing 10 minutes and he can score 10 points. And that could be, that could be the difference in us winning that game. What do you think? Well, they were getting real good right before he went out that last time, you know, yeah. they really experimented with how they were going to use him. And I, and even they admit now that throwing him in as a starter dry was not the smartest move, but they learned something. And I think by the end, you saw him, you know, it's not even the JaVale McGee role. It's, it's just getting the ball in motion or maybe, you know, a little deeper in the post, but, you know, not trying to utilize him like a David West or an Andrew Bogut way up to the top stationary. Right. What they're asking him to do is so simple, you know, just throw the ball anywhere up there and he's going to run around his guys and jump up really high and be able to get the ball. Like it's just, it's not a complex algorithm that you're trying to run with this guy. So I think that it could probably happen. I, you know, you're probably right. Like 10 minutes, I think should probably be the goal for that where he just comes in, punishes some, some bench player every now and then, or just change of physical presence against the main guy for a little bit. And just see what happens. I mean, they they have, again, they have the core, you know, eight or whatever of the lineup pretty well set. After that, though, I think that there's there's a lot of wiggle room with what Kerr wants to do with the, the minutes that he's going to have left. Yeah, who do you have? Who do you have kind of that core eight? The core eight? Uh, well, Curry, Wiggins, Poole, Looney, uh, definitely Draymond Green, and Clay. How many is that? I should have been counting. Curry, Poole, Wiggins, Clay, Looney, Draymond, six. You know, uh, Iguodala goes in there if he's healthy. Peyton goes in there if he's healthy. That's eight. Yeah, I agree with that. That's definitely a Corey. I think it's interesting to see Damian Lee Peyton will be out. Yeah. Um, JTA probably falls all the way out. 
but you know they they have some minutes to play with. It'll be interesting to see how it goes because you know normally the thinking is that the guys would play more minutes in the postseason than they will, but you know they've they've kept out a portal on a pretty stringent time limitation. Yeah, he hasn't quite looked like himself in the last ten games. So I will say that he missed some um, time with his back. Remember? Yeah. And but it even seemed like he came back, but it seems like he's not quite fully healthy or yeah. there's just been a little bit of a drop off. So I still like everything that he does. So definitely not, we're not talking about like Bielitsa bad, not even close. Cause he's been really good and he's been pretty consistent the whole season. He helped a lot in games that we missed Draymond, but you just see them kind of going away from him a little bit. Like we'd rather start Moses Moody and we'd rather give Kaminga, you know, 20 to 28 minutes and and we're happy playing Otto Porter Jr. like 10, 10 to 15. Um, he hasn't right, been quite as automatic on his threes. Well, but I do still think he, he'll be good know. in the postseason because he's a veteran, right? And so with these young guys in the spotlight, you know, they haven't really proven themselves. Otto Porter Jr., I think, like you said, Steve Kerr wants to know what he's going to get out of his guys he puts on the floor. You know exactly what you're getting from Otto Porter Jr., Right. Well, and, you know, he he fills the need with his rebounding, too. Like, I, I think that there's going to be an argument. That's another, like, big Wiggins uh, and even Thompson minus sign. Is those guys don't really rebound very well. So yep. that's something that if, if it does become a concern in a series, like, Otto Porter is sort of the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think there's an interesting – perspective in all of this is you know no one has played us this season at full strength right so you know like the clippers we're talking about early in the season like oh we've got this we've got this matchup for the warriors and for curry but we're not gonna show them yet and we know what we're gonna do with them um but you know teams I think teams have kind of figured out since since we lost to Toronto in the finals a few years ago when Clay got injured that yeah you just you blitz Curry and take the ball out of his hands and force everyone else to beat you, um, mm-hmm. but but that was without Clay and so you know Steph Clay and Draymond haven't played a game together yet this season and and I think that and and throw in Wiseman um, and I think that know, there's kind of this wild card for this cool. whole team. Yeah, and Jordan Poole, right? Yeah, because Jordan Poole, when Clay Thompson came back, Jordan Poole kind of floundered a little bit trying to figure out what it means to be a six-man and lead the second unit but still be an offensive initiator and score, um, but also being held to a really high standard defensively. Um, I mean, they're really asking him to do a lot, and um, Steve Kerr's been putting him in the doghouse um, a little bit, and it. I mean, he's responded. He's been playing – yeah. Gangbusters in the last five games or so. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he's, he'd see out of the entire roster, besides Draymond Green, it's, it's Poole who's the answer to the box one against Stephen Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Poole in his last five games, uh, 23.8 points, 4.6 threes, five assists, 61% from the field, 90% from the line. And if you play fantasy yeah. basketball, he's number 15 in fantasy basketball <laughs> in that stretch. 
So yeah, he's just been amazing. Um, and he's really fun to watch too, because he's he's kind of crazy in his own way. Um, yeah, he's, crazy he's got silly, goofy body English. Yeah, but I've been really happy for him to see him kind of come into his own because we were having, you know, as we're having this conversation about Andrew Wiggins and his decline and and how does he kind of fit in and and all of that. I think we were kind of having similar conversations the last time I brought you on the show, whatever, like a month and change ago about Jordan Poole and where's Jordan Poole at and what's he going to do. And, and um, I think the Warriors opted to not offer him the rookie extension, let him go to restricted free agency because it's kind of like, what are we going to do with Jordan Poole? And it's not mm-hmm. that they think that they were going to let him go, but it was kind of like a question mark, like, okay, so now that Clay Thompson's back, is he going to be able to do all the things that we want him to do? Is he going to be able to, to stay on the floor defensively and not just get cooked every time? And Right. Um, well, and it's going to be, it's going to be a shitstorm too, because, you know, if you thought people were critical of the front office moves or not moves earlier, you know, it was sort of an autopilot decision. Once everybody got hurt, it was like, well, we're paying all these guys stick with it and see what happens when the court comes back in a year or two. But with pool now they've they've got some and wiggins to an extent as well they've got some real decisions to make as far as what they strategically want to do with their roster like on a long-term scale yeah let me ask you this uh this question right now um would you rather have wiggins or kaminga when (laughs) 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 yeah it's a good question yeah i think it's Um, if it's today and tomorrow you want wiggins for sure but you know what about how about in two years would you rather have wiggins or kuminga well i think when they drafted kuminga it was sort of acknowledged that that's that's wiggins spot (laughs) yeah i think the ideal there is that he makes he, he makes it so that you don't have that decision anymore it will be clear that Wiggins is gone assuming that he becomes the defender that that Wiggins is turned into and to be fair Wiggins was not this good of a defender before coming into Golden State which is why he was considered right now to be a really overpaid and overrated player right I think right now you bring Wiggins back um and hope hope that it will be at something below a max contract and then if negotiations get hung up on him asking for a max, it, you know, it's not an unmovable contract, especially after how he's played since he's been here, depending on what happens in the playoffs and all that. Like, I, I still think that your your default approach, if you're the Warriors front office, is to give contracts to everybody. Yeah. And like, sorry, Joe Lacob. Now, I don't know how that works with the repeater tax, because I get the sense that it becomes really infeasible after a few years of that but there's a built-in clock with this court anyways so i'm not sure that it really is going to be um as much of a choke point as people think it is yeah i think it yeah i think um it's going to be interesting to see how how this team does in the postseason i mean if they come up and win it all I mean, you can't, I don't think you let Andrew Wiggins walk away, but if we lose at some point, at some stage that's disappointing or below expectations, like not in the finals or, or, um, 
you know, the team he should have beat. And Andrew Wiggins doesn't really show up, and he kind of continues on this downward trend that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard to kind of feel like you want to bring him back and give him the money that he probably feels like he deserves, or even pay him a continuation of what he's being paid now. I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think a guy who's shooting 30% from the free throw line is worth 30 million a year. Right. Well, and that's the thing though, is like, you know, I I think Patrick Murray was talking about this uh, recently where I'm not sure it's a given that Wiggins next contract is a max contract on the open market anyways. Yeah. Oh, maybe um, that, maybe that ends up being a blessing for the Warriors. If he, (laughs) if he is playing badly now, but good enough that we still win. Right that then we can offer, you know, and then he takes, he commits to the Spurs approach and he's like, yeah, just pay me 10 million a year. I'm good. I just want to stick around and win game and, and win rings with you guys and I'll get paid. Exactly. That's the thing. Like he made a lot of money already. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But you know, you just can't know any of that yet. So at this point, I'm I'm not too concerned about Joe Lacob's pockets. So, you know, I'm of the opinion that you, you would sign Kuminga, you'd bring him back on his deal, and you would sign Wiggins at something less than a max. And then if push comes to shove, like, you could talk, and the, the team has a pretty good history of being able to pivot in weird situations like that. So, you know, as presumably Kuminga can step into some of that role, but I don't think he's ready to be who Wiggins is right now for a win-now team. Oh, for sure not. Not at least defensively. He has but, you know, we, we can, got Wiggins for another stop. year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think if we win, like, a pony's up and, and he pays what it takes to keep the team together. Yeah, Pool is the guy who might be <laughs> a problem. Because <laughs> I, I don't think they have another max contract in them. Uh, you know, and and that you know, then you're really screwed with the the sort of edge moves. Forget ever using the MLE or a trade exception. Like, but it it seems like he's sort of playing his way into that. At least, at least how he's trending up for sure. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. <laughs> he looks like Steph know. Curry light out there, like untouchable. Just putting up, putting up threes from, from whatever distance. He makes half-court shots, no problem. He attacks the rim with ease, playmaking. Um, yeah, I mean, early early days of, of little Steph Curry and Jordan Poole at a bigger size. Right, and that's – see, but I, I feel like that's their plan. The whole plan is that this next generation is going to come along and Poole would be, seem to be a part of that. And they're going to pay those guys, and that's that's what their plan is. So I, I yeah, I think I think Pool is definitely a part of the future point. because you don't have anyone else to play point guard after Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. What are you going to go grab Nico Manian from Italy? <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> There's no one else. Yeah, but I, you know, and I, that's just that's years down the road still. I think. Yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. So. Let's bring it back a little bit to this season and now. Um, looking ahead a little bit, 16 games left in the season. Probably probably Warriors are going to finish second or third. Kind of agreed it doesn't really matter. The path to the, play- the, path to the championship or finals in the West is going to be difficult no matter what. 
Is there anyone that you are more or less concerned about um, in the West as the Warriors gear up for their postseason run? Um, I mean, I really don't want to play the Grizzlies, but there's no one I'm really scared of for the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they could beat the, the quote-unquote top teams, the Suns and Grizzlies and Jazz and Mavericks. Like, I feel pretty good about betting on the Warriors in a seven-game series against all of those guys. Even Phoenix, I think. Missing Chris Paul is a big blow. Dude, they're still seven and three over their last ten. Like, they're – they want to – you know, they're, they're doing okay. Yeah. And they're – you know, that's, that's a quality team. And they did just lose tonight to the Raptors by five, but yes, they've been, oh, they, they have been, yeah, they've been a very deep team next man up. I mean, I agree, yeah. but I still think, you know, I, I, I don't think Chris Paul's body holds up in the playoffs. You know, maybe this thumb fracture works out and he comes back with fresh legs and whatnot, but um and maybe maybe this is his year, but like, <laughs> brew me wrong, Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in uh, when we played Houston, and it looked like we were going to lose to Houston, and then he got hurt, and it totally changed the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I. <laughs> what are you going to do? So that's that's the thing. I'm not that concerned about the Suns, but on paper, I'm I'm pretty sure they're they're the second best team. But the Grizzlies, to me, are, would be the the team that I'd be concerned about. They just kind of seem to have the Warriors number and they have this sort of like, you know, 2015, 16 Warriors vibe to them where they've got this really electric young player. And like, I don't know how good John Rant's ever going to be, but like, man, he gets into those modes where he's just doing crazy things all over the court and nobody can stop him. And the team's just gelled as a unit. And, and that's the sort of thing that, can get the Warriors number, you know, it's just this team that's just like on fire and, and like younger and more athletic. Yeah. But yep. it, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with where the Warriors are heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I think Mem- Memphis does pose an interesting challenge. They've got Dylan Brooks. So they've got kind of the Steph stopper quote unquote, if, if there ever was one. Um, if, if their starting unit doesn't play well, they've got another, they've got another seven guys on the bench ready to step up who can, who can come in and play like starter level starter caliber. I mean, they're like a good 12 deep of no drop off complete team. They've got shooters, they've got bigs, they play defense. They're a very cohesive unit, as you said, Mm. and well coached too. Um, but you know, their postseason experiences uh, beating the Warriors in the playing game and then losing to the Utah Jazz in the first round. So, you know, it remains to be seen in playoff basketball if Morant can still perform at the level that he's elevated his game this season, right? Because I think right now everyone's like, superstar Morant. Um, he definitely right. look, has looked like it at times, for sure, unstoppable getting to the rim, you know, if Draymond's on him the whole game or Peyton's on him the whole game, you know, does that, does he still have that success in, in the postseason and how the game's officiated and the game kind of evolves? Maybe, maybe not. So that would be interesting. I do think I agree with you compared to like 
Denver and Dallas and Utah. Um, yeah, you know, those teams don't really worry me as much as maybe what the Grizzlies could do kind of for the same reason of they're like a wild card. Like you don't really know what you're going to get and they have all of this potential. Whereas like Denver, you know what Denver's doing. I think Denver becomes a different beast if they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back and they're healthy and they're playing well, depending on when, where you see them in the playoffs. Um, and Utah, I mean, Utah has just kind of been a regular season team for a long time now. So not too concerned with them. Uh, yeah, I'm downright dismissive of Utah. <laughs> which feels bad. You know, they're, they're a very good team. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, but just not enough to really worry me. Um, Warriors have had their number for a long time. Be interesting, like some of these fringe teams, um, like the New Orleans Pelicans, for example, who I know they're kind of dealing with injuries in their own right right now, missing Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, but um, they're an interesting team when they're healthy, if they ever get Zion back. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, not like I'd be worried for the Warriors, but that could be an interesting, that would be an interesting um, to see them in the playoffs and, and that, because we haven't really played them. <laughs> Zion's not coming is he even like shooting around now? He was cleared for resuming basketball activities for the second time this season, whatever that means. But no, he has no return date. Um, I just mean that we haven't. I don't. We haven't I played see. this version of New Orleans Pelicans with Ingram and McCollum um, since they uh, since they had that big trade with Portland. So I think that would just be an interesting, interesting oh, to see fair. them in the yeah, postseason. If they, if they, you know, won the play yeah. in and make their way yeah. up and we see them in the second round, not that I think they would give the Warriors trouble, but just it would be interesting to see this team who you haven't even really played in the regular season. Uh, well, actually our, our last game of the season is against the Pelicans. So we will have played. Oh, them. okay. <laughs> the last game of the season, we'll get to see the Pelicans. Um, because everyone else, you, you kind of know what you know what you're going to get from these teams. We've played them in the West already, and they haven't really. Yeah, played. but the Pel- you know, the Pelicans are 27 and 40. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a little bit fun. That's what I'm saying is I, I feel like, you know, the one and two seed, I feel like you're going to get some, some, especially the number one seed is going to get a soft team, I think. So to be on that side of the bracket might be better. But whatever. <laughs> what about in the East? I mean, obviously Milwaukee. We just talked about Giannis. Yeah, I. You know, I. I don't know, man. That's it's going to be a fun playoffs out there. They, unlike, or maybe it is actually a little bit like the West. Like they have this sort of like six team logjam going on over there, where. You know, I don't, I don't know who's going to come out or if the Nets can ever get their act together, but, you know, they've, the, the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, the you Celtics. know, Celtics, like those are all good teams. The Cavs haven't really done anything in the postseason when they're really young, but they're I exciting. They get a huge somebody like the Heat or the Bucks, you know, like I could yeah. see, I could see them upsetting somebody, but. I would probably still take the Bucks out of the East. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not so I'm not sold on yes. the Sixers. You know, I'm, not, I'm not a big Joel Embiid fan, personally. Oh, you're not. You don't like Embiid? Eh. You know, he's he's a huge body. He's he's uh he's really good at what he does, but he just hasn't been able to lead his team to success. So it's it's tough as a center in the modern game, I think. Yeah. Like, what's his usage? Like, I, I, you know, you just <laughs> like 40. Very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he gets to shoot so many free throws, too. I think that's what kills me. That's what I, I don't even want to see that, like with him and Harden. Yeah. It's an abusive, abusive relationship with a free throw line. Speaking of free throwing, man, I took a look at some some team stats. Warriors are 29th in free throw attempts per game, 17.6, and 29th in free throw percentage, 70% in the last five games. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Second yeah, worst in a... percentage in attempts. And that's with Kaminga getting to the line, you know, as often as he does. It. I just think, like, where would we be without Kaminga? We'd be shooting, like, five free throws a game. <laughs> yeah it's you know the warriors have those sort of strategic flaws right they you know they they always have a lot of turnovers that go with their lots of assists and they always you know they, they don't get a lot of whatever that was we were just talking about but they get a lot of good open shots yeah or they don't get a lot of free throws because they get a lot of open shots and that's sort of the system here. Um, you know, they just, they're a unique team, man. They, they tend to do things at a different priority level than a lot of the NBA. And that's just looks jarring in a lot of ways, but this is just how they do, man. Like I, their, their offense, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to tell you that their offense isn't a problem this season, but we got to see what happens when Draymond comes back through with everybody's experience now. Yeah, I will say this uh, interesting fact that I saw, I was doing a little bit of research um, when we were, before we won these last two games, this was coming off of the loss to Dallas and the Lakers. We were two and eight in our last 10. We had just dropped yeah. a third in the West. Uh, we were actually ninth in turnover percentage in that stretch of 10 games. Uh, I think we were at like, a shade under 13 oh, turnovers a game. So it's it's like, they weren't even like the Warriors that we all know, right? Because we said that's just part of the Warriors. They get a lot of assists, but they get a lot of turnovers. Well, like, Draymond, Draymond's a lot of those. Right, that's true. Um, but it was the 27th in defensive rating that, that was really killing us. But um, yeah, exactly. anyways, that was just a, an interesting aside because you had mentioned that, you know, historically we've always been a high turnover team, but it was just when I was looking through that 10 game stretch and looking at some stats, it's like, Oh wow, that is weird that we just happened to not be turning the ball over a lot, but still playing so poorly because we weren't playing defense. <laughs> Anyways. Love it. Yeah. And, um, are actually, so in the last five games, the Warriors are ninth in net rating, 16th in defensive rating, which is remarkably better than 27th that I just mentioned, uh, 18th in turnover percentage. We already talked about the free throws. And then third in three-point makes per game, 
So Ooh. starting to trend up a little yeah. bit, even without Draymond, which is why I am very excited to get some of these reinforcements back. I think missing Iguodala for this long has been really understated. He's just a really settling force for the group. He comes up with big plays on defense at the end of games. Draymond Green, obviously, we know what he does. It's really hard to gauge what this team's offense is capable of or defense without him on the floor. I mean, he, this team was really built around Steph and Draymond. Um, yeah. So without Draymond, it, it, it's really hard to really grade these guys and, and feel like there's some systemic problems. And so we've just been left with watching these young players and watching Steph Curry struggle. And I feel like fingers crossed, we're kind of got that behind us. And now we're really like ramping up for the postseason, get Steph's minutes back to where they were. Um, Steph actually hit 20,000 career points um, in the mm-hmm. game in Denver. Just want to call that out. So congrats to Steph in the 20, 20K club now. And um, yeah, just kind of, as you said, really going to be interesting what Steve Kerr does with rotations with Moody, Kaminga, Peyton, when he comes back, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Godala, Wiseman. I think, yeah, I definitely agree. JTA and Lee and Bielitsa get kind of pushed to the side a little bit and um, yeah, and see what this team can do. Maybe go on a little bit of a win streak, but I don't think they're chasing wins. So um, yeah, maybe Looney starts getting some rest and uh, maybe Clay doesn't quite play 34 minutes a night if he's not playing well and, and give some other guys a look there, but it's going to be a crazy close to the season for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready for it. Uh, anything else you got? Any uh, plugs you want to make? I know you've been doing some some articles lately for Dub Nation HQ. Yeah, we uh, you know we have ongoing coverage over at the HQ. <laughs> uh, yeah, check us out over there. Uh, it's high quality, ad free coverage. Awesome! Hell yeah. Well, Dubby, it's great to have you on. I always enjoy getting you on the show to talk dubs. And uh, as I mentioned at the start, it's always feels like you come on at an interesting point when uh, there's a lot of things going on for the season. So it's going to be a crazy close here. And uh, we'll check in in April and see, see where things are at for sure. Nice. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, so quickly, before we sign off, we also want to remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Once again, this has been the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. You can follow me at Twitter at SD Orlick. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show.